Welcome to B2B Needs Don Draper. Brought to you by True. For too long, B2B has lacked creativity and inspiration, leading to alarming declines in effectiveness and marketing departments being slowly devalued more and more within their organizations. We're here to change that by getting under the skin of what it really means to be a highly effective B2B marketer. We'll be speaking to some of the brightest minds in the industry to discuss what they're doing to be a bit more, well, Don Traper. Now to our host, Nathan Anibaba. Joining us today on B2B Needs Don Draper is Carolyn Henry. She is the driving force behind Intel's captivating market activations across North America and Latin America. Leading a team of over 70 marketeers, she oversees strategies for consumer, commercial, gaming, and enterprise segments. With over 20 years of experience, Carolyn has mastered the art of simplifying complexity, delivering results, and leading high-performing teams. Her passion for shaping the future of technology aligns perfectly with Intel's mission to create a better world through advancements in AI, analytics, cloud-to-edge technology as well. So, Carolyn, welcome to B2B Needs Don Draper. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. It's such a fun concept. So first off then, Caroline, what does being a bit more Don Draper mean to you? You know, I think it's about being able to tap into your humanity, right? So Don Draper was very shrewd about what makes people tick, but he was also vulnerable enough to go there, to go there emotionally and connect in that way. And you know, I'm going to have to give you a little bit of teasing here too, because From the shoes in which I sit, I think we need a little Peggy Olsen as well as John. (laughs) In fact, Peggy was one of my favorite, favorite characters as the season evolved. She actually got more and more interesting and and into it. So I switched (laughs) switched from Don, but we digress. We'll come back to more Don Draper questions later. Let's talk a little bit about Intel because Intel's obviously world-renowned for groundbreaking technology and innovation. How, how how do you approach marketing and promoting such a such cutting-edge innovative products and solutions when you're targeting and talking to so many different groups of stakeholders and decision makers? Yes, it's really an honor and a challenge, right? So I don't believe there are many companies, many tech companies on the planet who could boast the breadth and depth of our portfolio. And that really is a calling, right? So um, the company, every person working in, in Intel from engineers to marketers really do want to change the lives of every person on the earth, right? And empower them through technology and, and make things better. So as a marketer, you know, we're very charged with that honor and we all also don't want to be daunted by it, right? So we want to be able to talk to our audiences, be very focused, bring the discipline of marketing to bear and say, hey, you know, we need to have a one-on-one conversation with business buyers in financial services, right? We need to connect to our audiences in the verticals in which they live and bring those business solutions to light for them. So it's really about 
um, less about our technology, although we're so proud of it, right? And we want to get that credit for all the amazing that it can do, but about solving those problems that our customers are really trying to tackle every day. So um, I think if you break it down to the needful and what's right in front of you, it becomes less daunting. And yes, we are the stewards of Moore's Law, and there's this great history behind us and we need to live up to that and you know we think about um, that wonderful campaign in the 90s of intel inside where almost every person understood what intel was and what they stood for and what that what that means and you know how as a marketing team do we bring that spark and relevance and life back to our campaigns in 2023 is um is our calling Sustainability and social responsibility is high on everyone's list um, these these days, especially senior decision makers. And I know Intel's vision and mission for the future is to really shape the future of technology for a better world. How do you incorporate sustainability and, and social responsibility into your marketing activities? I'll give you two um, really fun examples. Recently in our PC space, we did a collaboration with Dell and Animal Crossing, where we created a whole world around e-recycling. And, you know, this is a great lesson. It was fun. It was creative. It was engaging. Right. And it was really meaningful to the people um, playing the game and to our partners and to what we stand for. And also we have wonderful um, recycle campaigns. Uh, we have a wonderful recycle campaign in an area that I'm responsible for in Latin America, um, where it's more you know, tactical. You can actually physically recycle your PC. But I think these efforts at scale across the globe really make a difference. I love that example of Dell and Animal Crossing. It leads me on to my next question around creative effectiveness, which is really what this podcast and, and Don Draper is all about in many ways. Um, in B2B, creative effectiveness is crucial if we want to capture attention, if we want to build audiences, if we want to build engaged audiences. How do you approach balancing that creativity with delivering clear, compelling, consistent messages into a target audience? Is, is, there, a, is there a balance in your mind? I think it's always about finding that sweet spot and that perfect mix, right? So we know we have like three seconds to grab folks' attention and 30 seconds to keep them engaged with us, right? And so how do you do that creatively in a relevant way that's meaningful to them where they are and it's less about you and what you want to push, right? And then really kind of come in at the end at those last five seconds with your message, right? <laughs> Make sure that it's really going to be connected and relevant and then hit them hard, right? So I think about it as kind of a, a sandwich of creative engagement and then, you know, your message um, really needs to be the last thing that you land with them. And um, I'll, again, I'll give you a fun example. So we have a wonderful IT Heroes campaign where we have... Um, really looked at the problem, especially after COVID and with remote work of IT services, you know, really trying to do remote manageability and security and endpoint security is really important um, to many of our commercial clients. And how do we get the message that Intel vPro systems are the best at this out there in a fun and compelling way? And we connected that um, in almost a comic strip superhero Marvel comics kind of way, right? With a campaign where we actually have um, IT heroes in their Star Trek uniforms. Speaking of May the 4th be with you as today is May 4th, <laughs> um, you know, riding around in 
rovers on Mars, you know, kind of battling out um, those IT security attacks. And, you know, that's a great, compelling, relevant hook to many of those in the IT profession. And also, you know, built for business, works best on Intel. That message comes in right at the end. I love that idea because at the end of the day, uh, the heart of that campaign is really a human message first. I mean, we're connecting with human beings that that live in the world and, and watch Star Trek and superheroes. So you're tapping into something really quite emotive there in your in your communications. I want to talk a little bit about your edge to cloud campaign as well. It was it was super creative. It generated a boatload of of leads. It was really successful. Um, I want you to talk about that campaign and and specifically kind of what were the elements that you feel made that campaign really successful? What lessons did you learn from it that you can apply to other campaigns? Maybe just outline what the campaign was and the problem you were trying to solve, and then maybe talk a little bit about the success of it. Yes, absolutely. So um, we have this beautiful campaign in the data center space around edge to cloud compute, right? And really Intel, again, is uniquely positioned to win here, right? So um, we're also addressing a, a huge customer need as folks are moving, you know, workloads further and further to the edge, right, where computing needs to happen way out in the field or at retail or, you know, very specifically, quote unquote, outside versus back and forth from a data center, right? So we have this wonderful opportunity to capture a need. And then we built this beautiful campaign that um, was engaging and creative. And it's, it's a little bit funny to describe on a podcast, but we have this, um, you know, example of a woman, picture her standing almost diagonally, right, at an angle in a windstorm with some wind turbines, and it demonstrates our edge capabilities in that field, right? And we can predict Mm. which way the wind is going to blow and help people be more efficient at the edge in terms of energy, right? And then she stands up and changes her angle with the wind, right? So it's very engaging. It's it's hilarious to look at, right? Mm. It brings people in and then you pivot, right? It was creative and interesting and received an award from the internet advertising community because you could engage with this video asset, right? You could click the key messages. It was beautiful, right? There were three key messages on her um, page, so to speak, or on her video. And then the user could decide which journey they want to go on. Do they want to learn more about the the Xeon capability inside that solution? Do they want to learn about the AI solutions um, involved? Do they want to learn about the software And it's almost like a choose your own adventure uh, piece, Mm. right? Mm. And then you kind of go into a more traditional buying journey where there's assets and white papers and, you know, move them to to the web. But I I think it was very creative on a number of fronts. So not only the visual video creative, the actual delivery of all of those um, combined assets, you know, content, video, messaging, and um, the impact. So we're very, very proud of that campaign. How, how do you balance the the need and the priority to be creative with ROI? Um, often it's very hard to measure um, the direct result of creative campaigns, brand building campaigns on on the bottom line. Um, what what's in, what's Intel's emphasis between creative campaigns that help build the brand versus? driving demand at at the bottom of the funnel. It seems from the campaigns that you've talked about so far, there's an element of both in, in all of the campaigns that you've, that you've mentioned, they're quite, you know, creative, fun and interesting and engaging, but they have some sort of demand gen element to them as well. 
maybe maybe just talk a little bit about the balance of creativity and brand building versus demand gen. Yes, I think it's um, always on marketers' mind. It's a constant discussion, right? I, I won't say challenge, but it's the discussion and education about really connecting top of funnel all the way through middle to lower funnel, right? So um, I feel that at companies or projects that I've worked on, when we get over-rotated on any one sliver of the funnel, you know, um, our results get a little bit myopic, or that's where you might feel that B2B is less creative, and it's really just, you know, focused on that demand gen. And that's kind of why we're talking, why we're having this podcast. Um, and I do think there's constant pressure, right? Especially, you know, if you're working in a sales organization and we're looking at the quarter and, you know, um, the economy is how it is and, and folks are really up against it, right? So we are very much focused on that sell through and, and working the bottom line, right? But also we can't lose that initial interest, right? You know, because it, it's, it's a conversation with human beings again, right? And if you leave them and you don't, you don't call on them, you don't knock on their door, you don't interest them for six to seven or eight months, you're really not going to be able to make that sale in that 18 month um, business buying cycle right, that, that we're all working on. So I think at Intel, we're um, really fortunate to have a breadth of data, right, to look at. You know, we can, we can have data coming out our ears, right? But the <laughs> challenge is <laughs> to create insights out of that data. And you, you know, right, you could have 10 executives look at three data points and you get exponentially different interpretations, <laughs> right? <laughs> Same thing with the economy and economists, right? We're in recession right? or not in a recession. Right. 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 So how do you, you know, work on those kind of attitudinal directional signals, right? Like preference, sentiment and advocacy, right? Which is at the top of funnel or brand discussion, right? Take those data points and say, hey, this campaign is working. And then you look at the operational metrics around awareness, engagement and um, length of selling cycle and, and working through that with your sellers. And then you look at performance marketing metrics around the demand gen again, right? That lower funnel. So um, how many leads are we driving? Like what is, you know, the one-to-one -one? and it's not always a one-to-one. -one. And I think that's where you need to be brave enough, maybe Don Draper and Peggy enough to, <laughs> to hold that gut instinct along with the data, right? Your gut instinct and that of your teams is also a data point. So, um, you know, keep it all together to paint a larger picture. So let's talk a little bit about thought leadership and the, and the importance of thought leadership. Some have argued that thought leadership is, is really important in helping B2B buyers make decisions because it's, it's rational. It's very, uh, it's very, uh, comprehensive. Um, there's a lot of data points and research, and that's what a lot of left brain analytical B2B decision makers love to help them evaluate decisions and, and, and find vendors. But then there are other people that have argued that just if you show me another ebook or white paper or blog post, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot myself. It's not creative enough. It's not innovative enough. Is there a way that we can add more creativity to traditional thought leadership to sort of bring it to life a little bit more? I love this question. And we haven't talked about this actually, but at Intel in my previous years, I ran a technology leadership thought leadership group. So this is a passion point of mine. And I think it is, yes, still so needed. And I'll take this in two parts, right? So we have some of the original thought leaders in our executive staff, which is so impressive, right? And we love to get them out there and kind of taking that stage. So Pat Gelsinger, our CEO, as technical as technical can get, is almost 
almost like the original geek come back to Intel. And we, we love to let him loose, right? With customers <laughs> and into the, into the world and, you know, just educate so many, right? And, and our CTO, Greg Lavender, is just wonderful and has so much practical industry experience and is just absolutely credible. Um, and it's, it's just such a, a gift, right, to the company. So I, I love to think about our thought leaders, actual human beings, right, and what that message is and how we can get that out um, in an engaging way. And then I also like to think about um we have some very complex technology, right? Obviously, it's super complex. You you need multiple degrees some, to work on some <laughs> of this technology, right? Sure. Um, it is on the scale, right? Very high up there. And how do we break that down in an approachable way? And I think we've been really successful at some of this. So I'll give you an example. We have... Um, these wonderful architecture days, right? So um, we break down the architecture on the chip, the packaging, the process. What does that mean? I mean, you guys hear me talking to you and you're like, okay, what does that even mean, right? And I will point you to our amazing YouTube channel where we have, you know, experts at the company diving physically in a video, diving into the chip, running around in a very compelling and interesting way and talking to you about EMIB and Fovoros and these crazy technologies that are actually built into the world all around you. You. And um, we have a 101 series, and, and it's really wonderful, technically accurate, super packed, intelligent work, and also engaging. And so I think that that's some of the work that we've been able to do to think about that thought leadership and to bring it um, almost in a new and creative way. So I think it's very relevant. It's still super relevant, but we just got to think about ways to deliver it. Just uh, talking about relevancy and just being bold. I mean, that's something that B2B has been criticized for, for a very long time. Um, you know, a lot of people think that B2C is so much more creative and, and innovative and, and, and bold, frankly, um, while B2Bs can kind of be forgiven to, of being quite cautious. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, we actually interviewed someone on the show recently. His, his name is Mark Schwakey. He wrote a fantastic book called Boring to Brave. And it's it's basically sort of trying to energize and galvanize B2B marketers to be a little bit more brave and be a bit more bold. How do you think about being bold and challenging the status quo and pushing boundaries in B2B while trying to communicate to often traditional left brain people who do have multiple degrees and do and do like to consume content in 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 quite traditional ways how how do you think about balancing those two things i think about it possibly with a couple guardrails right so maybe 80 20 right the way you set up your teams and and you think about what you're delivering is 80% you know maybe a conservative shot or you know is going to work and you think this is like the basis of what your modern deliverables need to look like and then there's 20% flexibility and there's 20% fun and and there's you know a little bit of leeway and you know less fear in the system or in the group or you know encouragement to fail fast and just try things, right? So I like to, you know, lead my teams and um, encourage them to try, right? You know, nobody's going to um, 
you know, come after them for not delivering if it's done in a managed and responsible way, right? <laughs> but please bring some of that B2C juice or that those learnings from the consumer space and that interesting spark that you might have picked up from your friends working on social and a TikTok channel and, you know, maybe doing an event at Outside Lands in San Francisco. Like bring some of that spark and what you learn from those users back into the work because those young people dancing at Coachella or at Outside Lands also have day jobs, right? And they are part of the decision-making panel, perhaps at some of these, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies that we're trying to reach, right? Uh, we, we touched on this a teeny bit, but, you know, that decision-making committee is just getting larger and larger and larger. And, and some stats say even, you know, 24 individuals make up that decision-making committee. So how are you going to, you know, influence across that spectrum? And not all of them are going to want just the brass tacks, please, right? Not all of them have that um, that focus. On to the quick fire round of the interview now. So I'm going to fire some short, sharp questions at you. I want you to answer as quickly as you can from the gut. Are you ready? I'm ready. Advertising or ABM? ABM. I'm going to have to question you on that one. Why ABM? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um, consuming a lot of my work and my focus these days to really make the best use of our limited budgets in a constrained time, right? So I am just, we're, we're on ABM a lot lately. Love it. Love it. Logical magic. Magic. Brand building or lead generation? Brand building. What's the problem with B2B right now? I think we can get overly demand gen focused, right? We're disconnected from that magic. How would Don Draper fix the problem? He would encourage us to stop talking about the wheel and talk about the carousel. Do you remember that Ooh. episode with um, the slideshow from the 70s where you put these little pictures in the slideshow? And he had this magical moment on the show. And he was, um, the technologists were so excited about their wheel. And it's a circle and it's just this and it's a wheel, wheel, wheel. And he connected it to that emotionality of a child riding on a carousel as you look at your memories going through. Anyway, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. If you could tell all CEOs to read one book that would make them smarter about marketing or maybe specifically creative marketing, what would it be? Okay. I love Young Me Moon out of Harvard <sighs> Business School. Love and she her. wrote, yes, she wrote Different. this wonderful book. Different. Yes. Brilliant book. Fabulous, right? Yeah. One of the best books on differentiation and positioning ever, I think. I agree. I'm so glad you agree with me. And I just think, you know, our business leaders, if they would perhaps partner with us and be able to take risks and be different, uh, we could rock and roll. So I would love them to read that. And Carolyn, do you have a favorite Don Draper quote? I love the one about fear. He says, fear stimulates my imagination. Right. And how cool is that? Right. Because we, we get fearful at times, but if we could just kind of lean into it and say, all right, this is part of the process. This is part of my creative process. I'm going to be a little bit nervous. And if I'm not nervous, like it's There's a problem, wrong. right? Yeah. Carolyn, thanks so much for such an insightful and fun chat. I've really enjoyed speaking with you and learning more about your philosophy. Thank you. I've so loved it. Appreciate the time. I'm Nathan Anibaba. See you next time on B2B Needs Don Draper. Find out more at trueagency.com slash podcast.